Watershed Voice, community-supported journalism. In the early 1900s, Vicksburg, Michigan was the home to one of the most productive paper mills in the region, Lee Paper Mill, producing over 17 tons of paper per day at its peak and serving as Vicksburg's leading employer. Lee Paper Mill was an economic engine that never stopped turning until it did. The mill officially shut down in 2001, devastating the community as a reminder of something great in the past that no longer was. Until sustainable philanthropist Chris Moore swooped in to save it from the wrecking ball in 2014. Now it's being restored to provide the village of Vicksburg, state of Michigan, and the Midwest region with something bigger and bolder than ever. Today, we are joined by Dan Moyle, who has plenty to say um, about this and, let's be honest, everything else. Uh, His father uh, worked at the mill for a long time, and he actually happened to work there for a summer. And then, of course, we are joined by um, the chief operating officer of the mill at Vicksburg, Jackie Coney. Jackie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So a little background on Jackie. She has been a resident of, and if at any point I'm not saying something correct, correct me. Um, she has been a resident of Vicksburg since 2015. Uh, she and her husband moved, uh, John Kern, who we hope to have on the show at some point as well, um, per- permanently moved to Vicksburg to be fully immersed in the project. And most importantly, as we also at Watershed uh, care very much about in the community. So she has an extensive background working with and volunteering for various nonprofit organizations. She's a graduate of the University of Michigan, and she has a master's from Seattle University. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I feel like everybody now has a nice uh, picture um, of, you know, your background a little bit there. But how did this, how did this whole thing start? Well, if you're talking about the mill redevelopment, that's one story, and then we'll connect how I got involved in it. Um, That's a whole separate story. But uh, back in late 2013, Sue Moore, who was Chris's mother, and she was the editor and writer for the South County News. Um, So a lot of people around here know Sue Moore. Um, She called Chris in tears one night and said, oh, I think they're going to tear down the mill, and whoever they were. Uh, And so Chris was asking her more questions and what do you mean, mom, what's going on? And she said, well, the county owns it now. It was in foreclosure and they're, I hear that they're talking about tearing it down and it'll be gone forever. And this is a horrible travesty. And, and so Chris was kind of going, well, gosh, I'm really sorry to hear that, but I don't know what I can do. And then he came to visit, uh, which he did often his mom uh, who passed away a couple of years ago, but his dad also lives here. So he's coming for a visit. And the uh, then village manager, Ken Skipper, said, hey, Chris, I want to take you on a tour of the mill. And note that, and we'll probably get to this later in the conversation, but 
Chris was looking to purchase a downtown building to open up an extension of his brewery from Seattle in his hometown. But before that happened, he went on this tour of the mill and Ken Skippers being the wily guy he is, smart guy, um, yeah, took him around and then they stood on the rooftop of the powerhouse and they looked out into the courtyard and Chris looked out there and he's like, gosh, you know, I feel like I can, I can see people. I see people drinking beer and listening to music. And that was in 2013. And uh, then that's when the wheels started turning. And then he started hiring people to figure out, you know, what needed to be done from an environmental standpoint. You know, how would we go about doing this? What would we do? What could it look like? And that kind of thing. So that's how it all started. So I know that Dan, um, I often joke that his favorite subject uh, beyond watershed voice, of course, because that's absolutely his favorite, is the mill. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, his father worked there for how many years? 24, I think it was, somewhere around 25 years, yeah. Okay. And yeah. so, obviously, there's a lot of history there. Um, Dan and I went on a wonderful tour led by Jackie. Um, I think it was back in November. And that's it was just incredible. It was just incredible to see not only the work that's already been done, but the work yet to come. Mm -hmm. And Dan, as a person who has a lot of connections to this building, what did it what did it mean to the community even before this revitalization um, project started? When I was growing up, that was the place where so many of my schoolmates' parents worked. We always knew that as we got to the end of our high school career, we could go there for summer work as high schoolers, you know, and, and make some good money. I mean, back then, you know, whatever minimum wage was like they paid double or something. It was incredible. And so as you're saving up for college or when you go off to college, you come home for the summer, you could work there, you know, for a few months and make a bunch of money. Um, and it was really hard work, good hard work, which showed me that I didn't want to do that for a living. I'm, I'm weak. I don't want to do that. Um, but it was, it was a great experience. You know, it was that place where we, I just, you knew it was the anchor of Vicksburg. Um, the other thing that was really cool is I learned this from my dad over the years was that the paper that they made at the mill, um, which from Lee paper company became Simpson, which then was bought by Fox river, um, over near green Bay, Wisconsin. Over the years, they made such high quality paper. It was what companies like Hallmark used, it was what people use for watermark, um, you know, like the NFL would use it for invitations or whatever. It was incredibly high quality. And so Vicksburg, Michigan was the place to get good papers. There's just a lot of pride in it. You know, when it shut down, finally, after Fox River had, had shut it down, it was heartbreaking. Um, it sat there empty. You know, uh, there was a fire at one point. Somebody, you know, some kids set a fire or whatever and thought they'd burn the building down, I guess, whatever. Um, and it just was sad. And so when when I heard about this possible resurgence and this, this Chris Moore character who'd, you know, made some money on an internet business and was going to reinvest in our community. I thought, man, that's really, really cool. And then the idea of possibly having music there and bringing people to town and showing off our downtown, which can maybe revitalize our downtown a little bit. I thought this is just an incredible opportunity. And I mean, who, who can say no to craft beer? I can't. <laughs> so, so that's what it's ended up meaning. And then to meet Jackie, right, Doug? Exactly. Doug's yeah, Doug's drinking one right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's to, not to from meet there, Jackie. but it will be. 
<laughs> Old Stove is really good beer. I love that. Um, and then to meet Jackie and John, who, you know, they're both Michiganders originally, have moved around and have them wanting to invest in the community themselves, like just all of it, just, it gives me a huge, just smile when I think about that, that whole project. Well, and we talk about investment. Um, I was absolutely floored by how much money has already went into this project. Um, where do we sit now, Jackie? Uh, just for construction only and only at the mill, we're at $23 million. And that's for stabilizing the building. So basically bricks, uh, window framing, roofs, lead abatement, those kinds of things. Yeah. So it's a pretty, it's, it is a darn big investment. And, you know, I want, <clears throat> I want to go back to the commitment. And I, I didn't mention that the connection that Chris has to the mill um, very much. And I think that's an important thing and why he's doing this. Um, it's not just that it's a cool opportunity. Chris is not a real estate developer. Uh, he's a software uh, company owner, and he also owns a brewery in Seattle. But the reason he's so connected to this place is that his grandfather was a chief engineer there for decades. His dad was a purchasing manager there for decades. Chris, like Dan, worked there multiple summers making money for college. And Chris just loves his hometown. He always feels split. Like he's when he's in Seattle, people know of him as the Michigan guy. And when he's in Michigan and Vicksburg visiting, they know him as a Seattle guy. So he's kind of split, but his heart is here at his home and um, home in Vicksburg. And that's why the investment. So there are so many mills out there in the area. Some sadly have been totally torn down. Some have been partly torn down. Ours is the last one that's remaining in a really decent shape. And there just aren't enough people out there like Chris that have the resources and the passion to put into this. But that's why he he's doing it. And I think that's important to note. Now, is this kind of the first attempt at really rehabbing this and getting it back to being a useful space? Or have there been other groups and other plans that kind of came and went? That's a really good question. There have been few, a few other owners since the time it shut down in 2001. Um, nothing ever took off. So uh, one group that owned it, I feel like I don't know if it's true or not, but it feels like they owned it just to scrap whatever metal they could find. Uh -huh. They could get it for cheap. Uh, and then another person uh, ended up having some plans. It wasn't really what he wanted to buy. He wanted to buy the some property associated with the mill, but not the mill itself. And all of those things took a tremendous amount of resources and he kind of ran out of, ran out of gas. So um, then there was um, another company that really didn't do much. And there were some renters in there for a little while, but nobody came up with really grand plans and, and that also had the resources to do anything with it. So it ended up going into foreclosure and um, the Vicksburg foundation and the, and the village figured out how to kind of take it out of foreclosure. But then, um, then it went to the County. So the land bank owned part of it. And then the County owned part of it. That's why the rumors were going around that the County was not able to find anyone that wanted to redevelop it. And so they were considering uh, tearing it down and getting estimates to do that. So before I forget, we were just talking about, and I am, I am so excited to talk about these bricks because one of my favorite parts of the tour was the story of the bricks. So please, like I'm telling you right now, Doug, you are going to be compelled I know you've never thought like the only bricks that you've ever thought about are the ones that you see being sold on the wire. 
Um, you are you are wrong, my friend. I spend all of my long drives with my wife going like, look at that red brick. Like, seriously. Really? I've become a little bit of an architecture nerd. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Because this right here is not only good for architect nerds, but also for people who care about the environment and care about sustainability and care about um, not wasting things. Right. You know, you're checking my boxes right now. I know. Well, <laughs> right. Same. So anyway, Jackie, go ahead. Sure, Doug, you got to come on a tour, really. There's so many. I'd love to. Really, there are, I, I'm constantly telling people, my husband is too, that we have at least 15 hours worth of material to talk to people about. And it's always interesting to try to figure out what people are into. And we try to figure it out early on in the tour. So it's it's fun that you're into the into the bricks and the architecture, Alec. But so so the story on the, direct, on the brick, <laughs> um, we have, the building was built and it's amazing. It's a 420,000 square foot facility. And I didn't really conceptualize what 420,000 square feet was until I was in the building. It's a lot of square feet. Uh, we have 3.2 million bricks in that building. Um, and the bricks are called Chicago common. So they are kind of, they're, they're like a yellow brick and mm-hmm. they soft. And when we were working on um, determining how many you know, we, the, one of the first things we needed to do is, is stabilize the building. And there were literally corners of the building that were caving in, falling in and held up by plywood. And then we're like, okay, the roofs were so bad. Everything was going to collapse. So we ended up um, fixing one of the roofs before we even owned the building. Cause we really thought one of the historic parts of the building was going to totally collapse. Anyway, our architects, our historic architects uh, based out of Ann Arbor <clears throat> and they went through the building and we did this digital photography thing. And we have pictures of every like inch of that building inside and out every floor. They could count up the bricks. So we knew it was 3.2 million bricks. Then they went brick by brick and identified on drawings which bricks needed to be replaced, which bricks, you know, which areas needed to be remortared, all that. So anyway, we got going on the brick. And at first we thought we needed 80,000 new bricks to put to replace the bad bricks. And um, so we, the masonry company that we were using is Ram out of Livonia, and they've been doing brickwork for 150 years. They're like, they're, they're, they're the company you go to for big projects like this. They came up with a formula to match our bricks, and it was a really beautiful match. So we could make 80,000 bricks, but we were like, let's try not to make new bricks. Let's see if we can find some old bricks to reuse. Because definitely, as Alex said, we have a sustainability thread through our whole project that is a whole nother hour talk but we try our hardest to do whatever we can to be green so anyway uh the masonry company construction company frederick construction went on the hunt for bricks and it turned out that in uh outside of chicago there was a racetrack being torn down or was torn down and it was like the you know the spot where everybody sits and watches the races that building i can't remember what that's called like the grandstand yeah the grandstand so they were a grandstand and it was built the same year as the mill they used chicago common brick when they took a, an accounting of how many bricks were still usable they had eighty thousand. so it was exactly <laughs> what we needed it was like okay that's fate that's serendipity man serendipity like, <laughs> yep. like just a chance yep. encounter with bricks like yep. that's just that beautiful. was the first one that was the first one so then it was eighty thousand bricks and we brought those over so we used those and then as time went on and the, you know, we got more into the building, we realized we needed more bricks and that we, that we needed about another, you know, 60,000 bricks ish. 
So uh, then we found out that there was an old brewery out of um, outside of Milwaukee that was being torn down. And it too, you know, it had about 60,000 bricks, like just what we needed. So we had those sent over. So, so far we've had about 140-ish thousand bricks that we've reused and um, haven't had to buy any new bricks. And we're pretty much done with the exterior. And, and so I think we're going to be in good shape. So we've talked a lot about what is, but we haven't talked a whole lot about what will be. So could you um, give us kind of a layout of what exactly the, like Dan, Dan mentioned um, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of things. Uh, It's a museum. It's a brewery. It's a, did I hear distillery? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Distillery. It's also going to be like a, a music venue and all sorts of things. So I'll let, I'll let the expert go through it, but it's just, it's, it's one of those things where people go in Vicksburg. Like <laughs> when they hear about the investment, they hear about the fact that there are going to be hotels and, and, you know, like rooms and stuff for folks to come visit. And, um, I don't want to misremember things and say things, but I'm pretty sure there are going to be some recreational, um, things that folks can do while they're staying there. Like, um, other activities other than just the brewery, like it's going to be like a, like a destination in Southwest Michigan. So, um, I'll just let Jackie explain. Yeah, you did a really good job summarizing good memory. Uh, yes. It, like I said, it's 420,000 square feet. We've got 120 acres of land, uh, and it's adjacent to the village and a creek. It's a, a gorgeous site. And, um, you know, I have to say that since day one, everyone's been like, you're going to do what, where, and, you know, always to Chris. And are you crazy? And uh, I'd say Chris is pretty crazy like a fox. Everything he's done has been like, what are you doing? And then it turns out pretty amazing. But um, so the idea is that we're building a national destination and it's based on a few key pillars. It's beer, events, music, and arts and culture. So um, there are a lot of components. And I will say that uh, where things go and the sizes of things have been changing since day one, but generally those are the main components. So beer, yes, Old Stove Brewery is coming in from Seattle. Chris started a brewery out in Seattle. That's a whole nother story. Uh, Old Stove is named after Old Kalamazoo Stoves and the logos in Old Stove. So he brought Kalamazoo out to Seattle. Now he wants to bring Seattle back home to Vicksburg. So anyway, there's going to be a a brewery with a nice big production facility, a distillery, yes. Uh, And um, boy, yes, hotel rooms, a minimum of 75. We're working on um, maybe putting some in another wing if all works out with the National Park Service and our historic tax credits, maybe another 75 rooms. Um, The consultants are saying we could use probably up to 150 to 200 rooms to uh, meet the demand. Um, we, we plan on being an event center. So, um, whether it be corporate events or social events, so corporate events, meaning trade shows, conferences, that kind of thing. We have lots of space for people to spread out and have big meetings, small meetings could have 300 trade shows. So there's a lot of space for that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, of course there's the classic weddings and homecomings and things like that. So lots of different beautiful event spaces, uh, small and large, um, music. Yes. Um, we have, in the old stove tap room, there'll be a, a music venue for a couple hundred people. And then in the uh, old our new machine room, we're planning on an indoor uh, venue that'll seat about 1,200 people between seated and standing. So nice. that's 
really nice big venue to add to the add, add to Southwest Michigan for sure. Um, and then outside, we're also planning on doing like courtyard concerts. And it seems like demand might be for about 12 at each summer. And the courtyard of the mill, it's, so the mill is in a U shape. It's a really interesting shape. It's perfect for the factory that it was. It's a little about how to make it into a really um, usable space for people doing things and their activities. <laughs> it's not the greatest shape. But anyway, there's a courtyard in the middle of the U. And if you, let's say we put a, a screen up and we're showing outdoor movies and people have picnic baskets and blankets, we can easily fit 4,000 people sitting in the courtyard, totally stretched out. It's massive. And then if you take away the picnic baskets and the blankets and you're kind of scrunched in a little bit, we easily can fit eight to 10,000 people in the courtyard. And oh, wow. yeah, and I, have, I don't know if you, any of you, have any of you been to Red Rocks out in Colorado for a show? No. It is an amazing, iconic uh, music venue. And if you were to do Google Earth and take Red Rocks and like place it over the courtyard and the mill, it's basically the exact same size and it's kind of the same shape. So anyway, we're hoping to build an iconic music venue there. Uh, so right in the courtyard. And then we're planning on over a number of years, grow into a multi-day music festival where we would use some of the 80 acres um, for temporary stages and we'd have multiple stages and we can handle up to about 40,000 people for a multi-day music festival. So indoor venues, outdoor venues, that's the music part. So we've the brewery, uh, also distilleries, so beer events, music, and then arts and culture. That's a whole nother thing where we're, um, and I think you guys might have John on in the future, but we have a Prairie Round artist residency. residency. So there's um, uh, a big emphasis of arts and culture that will be throughout the mill. Um, and then uh, Alec mentioned museums. Yes, we're going to have a few museums. There's one museum that's directly related to beer. Uh, it's called, we're going to have a museum of Buriana and it's called the Cone Top Brewery Museum. And Buriana is artifacts from, uh, from breweries. So it could be cans, signs, taps, billboards, sides of trucks, that kind of thing. And Chris, maybe I'm crazy, but I think that's going to work in Michigan. Yeah, I think so. There's an appetite for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, that's, it's just such an exciting, fun story. So a lot of the things that Chris is wanting to do museums about all are kind of in that time frame of like the late 1890s to the early 1900s. So we're going to have a sto old stove museum workshop. Uh, these Buriana signs, his, his kind of specialty is like pre-prohibition through maybe the 60s, 50s or 60s before craft, you know, the small breweries started getting uh, bought up by the big guys. Um, so we're having a, a very big Buriana museum. In fact, we have um, already, I think we have maybe 7,500 items for it. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be throughout the building, but there's going to be an amazing museum for it. Um, yeah, so I, there's just so much there's, uh, the outdoor space, the indoor outdoor water features on the 80 acres. We plan on that being really kind of nature based and keep the forest and the wetlands. There'll be wetlands, interpretive trails and things for people to do. And across the street is the municipal golf course called angels crossing, which is a fabulous golf course. Um, and then we have a super great connection downtown. If you just go out our back door and walk through a park you're in town. And that's another part that's really important to us is building up our historic downtown and filling up the storefronts and restoring those historic buildings as well. Vicksburg, the downtown, is one of the most beautiful like 
downtowns I've ever seen. And I live in Three Rivers where we still have a lot of the the old brick buildings downtown. Um, and I'm just blown away. Every single time I go to Vicksburg, I'm like, like this is this is like a hidden gem um that isn't so hidden. Like they're very, they're very like, hey, come check us out. And um, I think just a lot of money and a lot of sweat equity has been put in to Vicksburg. And I would love to see that for Three Rivers. Um, I'm looking at, you know, you, Jamie Clark, all the great work that you've been doing in Three Rivers. Please keep doing it. Um, and maybe maybe we can get this kind of investment from other folks, um, you know, around our area here. Um, because, you know, I mean, over the years when, when you're an industry, um, like an industrial region, like three rivers, it's workforce works in factories. That's, that's the vast majority here. So I think, I think three rivers can absolutely relate to that idea that, you know, there are these buildings that used to stand as like pillars of the community that deteriorated and 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 weren't all that great. Like, for example, in downtown Three Rivers, the Three Rivers Public Library used to be a bank. And now it's like this beautifully like it where they were before this was an old grocery store and there were almost no windows. Um, and when I think about what it is now on the corner um, of the Peel Street Bridge and Main Street downtown. And I think about all the beautiful large windows and all the sun and natural light that goes in there. That's what I think about when, or that's what I thought about when we went into the mill for that tour. And I saw all of the art from the former um, residents, uh, art residents. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just incredible. So if you go on this tour, you also like, in addition to just seeing a massive building and hearing about all the history of the mill, you also get to enjoy some really beautiful, like breathtaking art. And um, I'm sure that's only going to grow. And obviously we'll talk to your husband about, you know, a lot of that, hopefully if he'll uh, join us on the show, it's just, it's so when, when we started watershed, people said a lot of the same things and they were like, no way, no way. Because three rivers is stuck in, Pick your pick your decade. Some people say it's stuck in 1980. Some people say, oh, it's like Windows 95, whatever. Um, I'd like to think that we're a little more advanced than that. Um, but there are certainly some things that, you know, like when you do something massive like this, there's a lot of pressure to because a lot of people have personal history with that. Right. So the integrity of it has to be, um, you know, protected. And it's obvious that you guys think about that with everything that you do. And that was a similar uh, response that we got with Watershed Voice and the Three Rivers Commercial News, right? The Three Rivers Commercial News is a, um, we talked about a community pillar. It is an institution. So when they let me go, when I started this thing, folks were like, I don't want to participate in the downfall of the Three Rivers Commercial News. And what I would say is this, they had to let me go because they were going down from six days to two days a week. What we were trying to do was fill a need, right? And to and to make sure that Three Rivers has 
a daily newspaper and a newspaper that still cares about things like arts and culture and just all this stuff. So these are the kind of things, this mentality of love where you live, build and invest in the community you live in. And, you know, not everything nice has to be in Detroit or New York or, you know, Houston, Dallas, Los Angeles, like it can be right here. It can be right here. You just have to have the people willing to put in the work, to put in the money. Um, and again, like I know, I know Dan could go on for hours as well about this. And Dan, what is your, and we may have him on in a future episode. What does your dad think of all of this? Because your dad worked there for, you said like a quarter of a century. Yeah. He, he loves it. It's so it's funny. Cause I, I talk for a living. I do podcasting. I do training. I, I talk for a living. I, I do a lot of social media. I have like a presence. I'm nobody special, but I do a lot of this. My dad is very private, but he has been involved in this mill project from early on where, you know, he's been interviewed. He, he's taken some of his artifacts um, and he absolutely loves it because it was such a huge part of his life of a lot of his friends. Like he made some lifelong friendships there. He's got mentors that came before him um, that have been interviewed as well. And he just, he is so excited about it. He's not even a beer guy or necessarily a music guy, but the fact that his town where he had his family is, 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 is seeing this resurgence and this really interesting placemaking thing. He's just, he's super proud of it. He loves being a part of it. What I, what I love is, you know, when Jackie was talking about the, the, the events, right? So Jackie, you said, um, like one of the things is, is of corporate events. I go to Boston every year for, um, for, uh, a great big event for the software that I work with. And we go to the, to this convention center and it's so like, they make it nice, but it's just a big convention center and there's no personality there around it is Okay. It's, you know, it's, it's Boston. It's a beautiful town, but it's really outside of like the downtown area. If I think about the mill at Vicksburg as a place for corporate events, there's so much personality. There's so much, you know, if you want to leave your events that you were just in and you got to clear your mind a little bit and you want to go talk to somebody and network with some people, you can go outside near the Creek. You can go walk these trails that they're going to have these interactive trails through the wetlands. Um, The fact that there's going to be a brewery in there that, has these connections in this history and there's so much personality to this building. Like I'd rather go to that. And believe me, I love Boston. I love going every year, but I'd rather have it at the mill at Vicksburg because of the personality. Like I can see so much potential there. Um, I, I just want to say that. I love that part of it. So Dan was just talking about one of the most historically relevant, if not the most historically relevant places in the country. And he just said that Vicksburg's better. So, um, That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. So good luck, uh, living up to that, Jackie. Um, <laughs> I think, I think if anybody can do it, you can do it, but, um, yeah. So, so, so Boston is I Vicksburg. What's up? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people like to say it's the center of the universe and I don't know. It's, but, um, I like that. Yeah. But truly, um, a couple things you said, like one about the small things. First of all, I love Three Rivers. I love going there. And Jamie Clark is amazing and he's doing such great stuff. So it's it's awesome. Um, but uh Chris always says, you know, people from small towns like nice things too. Like, you know, so when we built 
now the new Mackenzie's Bakery, the new version of that um, downtown, we wanted to make sure people saw that this is what we're talking about. Like, it doesn't have to be just a, it can be beautiful and people will come and, and they are, it's, it's, it's really successful. So I, I wanted to say that. And then um, Dan is right too about the, um, the conventions and the conferences, as far as we won't be able to hold big, big ones. We're just not, we don't have the capacity for that. We won't, but there are plenty of conferences where like, sometimes you want to do the big city thing, but other times it's just really nice to be in a conference. You're in a, in a room that actually has windows. And then when you go out on your breaks, you're going walking in the woods or on wetlands and you're, or you walk to this really cute historic downtown to go shopping and out to eat and that kind of thing. It's just a totally different feel. And I think there, there are a lot of groups that are saying, we may or may not do that every year, but it would be nice once in a while to have that kind of vibe. And we think it's a competitive advantage for us, for sure. We found that with the artist residency, for sure. Like all, so many of the artists are coming from big cities that have tiny little apartments and tiny little studios and they feel claustrophobic and they come to the mill and they're like, oh my gosh, I get to hang out in this 420,000 square foot space and I get to walk outside and I get to go to this small town brewery and get a beer and you know there's a mug for me and there's these nice people all around and like it just they're like their minds are blown and they just the creativity that comes from them while they're here for those five to seven weeks is mind-blowing and the same thing can happen for a business visitor or anybody like just the idea people don't often get to just walk around and take a big deep breath of fresh air and go see animals and trees and it's pretty awesome I think it's going to be amazing. And those people that have said, why Vicksburg? And how in the heck are you going to get people to come? Well, if people would, you know, people from around here ask that question, but anyone outside of that, this area totally gets it because we're right between Chicago and Detroit. We got Indianapolis, we got Milwaukee, we got, I mean, and even Pure Michigan, who's visited, you know, the head of Pure Michigan has been on tours a few times and they're very excited about this because now Southwest Michigan has a, a destination for, for visitors as well. Not just Traverse City, not just Detroit and Lansing and Grand Rapids, but now we've got, you know, Kalamazoo and Vicksburg as a, as a joint effort. So anyway, there's my soapbox on that. <laughs> so in this moment, Doug, I get to do one of my favorite things. You know, I love to do this. And he was quoting someone else, paraphrasing a phrase from someone else, but I'm going to quote Bobby Kennedy. <laughs> and say and say some men see things the way they are and ask and ask why i dream of things that never were and ask why not and that is exactly what the mill at vicksburg is trying to do they they have a vision they are dedicated to it i mean you just heard jackie talk about how long They've been working on this and they still have a while to go. When's the uh, projected date for, for opening? I know that it gets moved and stuff like that, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotten moved a couple of times, but you know, at this point, the big debate is, are we going to open up in phases or are we going to open up mostly all at once? Recently we've been thinking, okay, we're going to open all at once or most of it. And it probably won't be till the end of 2026 would be our guess, maybe early 2027. But there's still a little bit of rumbling of like, would it make sense to open a little bit first? Um, and then if that's the case, it would likely be maybe a little bit earlier. But okay, we'll see. So Doug, you have time to um, move you and Patty <laughs> from there to Vicksburg, and then you will have. Obviously, you've already heard it's a playground for a guy like you. 
Um, and I know you're not much of a golfer, but you could get, you could get like at least Charles Barkley good. <laughs> right? How ugly is golfer? too far? Are you a disc Victor's golfer? not too, he's a hockey player. He can go to ah. K wings. He can go to wings event center and you can skate there, dude. I saw your, your, your pictures, by the way, Dan, it looked like a heck of a, a good time that night. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, in terms too. of the bill, the mill, all they're missing for me is a, is a cigar bar. And then, you know, that's everything that I've ever wanted in life. Well, there have been discussions about maybe our downtown buildings, how possibly having a whiskey and or cigar bar, you know, you never know. There's a so, lot of people in the area that have been talking about that. So three rivers. Um, I don't know if you're hearing this, but if you want to keep me, um, <laughs> you got to compete with Vicksburg because holy crap. Um, yeah. So anyway, Jackie, how can folks, uh, I know you guys have already had like tours, like, uh, not sold out because it, it's a free tour, but booked yeah. up, um, several of them, uh, that are coming. So how can folks, uh, schedule a tour with you guys? There are a couple ways. One is on our website, Vicksburg Mill, uh, VicksburgMill.com. Uh, and on, on that website, there's an events tab and they can click on that and then you'll see how you can uh, sign up for a tour. Unfortunately, you're right that they're already, I think, filled up through the end of February. We tend to do three or four a month and we limit it to about 25 people. Um, and I do think we're all booked up. We haven't put the March and April dates out yet, but they will be coming soon. So people can go on the website and um, if there are any spots left, they'll see that. The other thing we're doing is we just opened up in December a visitor center downtown and we're saving uh, like eight to 10 slots in every tour for people to sign up when they come to our visitor center. So if people by chance are in downtown Vicksburg and want to stop by, we're open Thursday nights from three to six. And then uh, Saturdays from 10 to 3. And people can come in, check out our visitor center, see plans for the future, see some exhibitions of photos and things from the past, um, and then sign up for a tour that way as well. Um, but I think the website's probably the best spot uh, for most people. And then just on that note, um, you know, I mentioned that we're going to have the Cone Top Brewery Museum. And in fact, we have opened up a temporary smaller version of the Cone Top Brewery Museum that is also downtown. It's connected to the visitor center. And it's not open every day all the time, but we're starting to figure out how we can expand our hours. But we're generally open on, you know, big events in the village those days. And the next one is coming up on February 11th. We're having a big iceberg festival, which is going to be awesome the afternoon of Saturday, February 11th. So we'll have Cone Top Brewery Museum open. We'll have the Visitor Center open. It might be a, a fun thing for people to come and see. It's run by the chamber and there's a grilled cheese and soup contest and ice carving and a DJ playing, and then there's going to be a snowsuit fashion show. It'll be super fun. Lots of family activities, uh, kid movies to watch in one of the buildings. So anyway, good time to come to Vicksburg, check out our visitor center, sign up for a mill tour. So this needs to be said all the time, but especially right now, support your downtown development authorities, people. Uh, we have a pretty good one in Three Rivers. Vicksburg obviously has a very good one. Um, shout out to Jackie. And support support local and local and local obviously means the city you live in, but also the region, um, because it's one of those things where if Vicksburg succeeds, then so do surrounding areas, because eventually they're going to run out of space. Right. For like hotels and stuff like that. And then maybe they stay in your neighborhood 
Um, you know, and mm-hmm. obviously uh, Vicksburg is setting a blueprint for what can be. And I think, I think that we're small St. Joseph County and Kalamazoo uh, County, um, but we're mighty, you know what I mean? And that's kind of how I feel about watershed voice. That's why when I heard about this thing, I was like, this is, this is, and now I'm going to have to put the explicit. um, (laughs) That's our shit. Like that's, that's a, that's what we're talking about. So again, Jackie, thank you so much for joining us. Dan, thank you. And thank you for the work that you're doing because preserving history and building for the future aren't often done together. It's usually, um, you know, a fight, right? But uh, you guys just sort of seem to have the magic touch and I wish you the best of luck. And uh, uh, obviously as you guys get closer um, to opening up, we'd love to have you on again. And as we said previously, we'd love to have John on. Uh, and maybe Chris at some point, that would be fantastic. So again, go get a tour when they open. I just checked the website. As she said, not available right now. Um, It's just listed through the end of February. So once they get those dates up, uh, we'll be sure to share on Facebook and let folks know, you know, that this is happening, but unless anybody has anything else to say, I think, I think this was a great talk. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, it's it's worth it. I've been on at least 10 tours. I worked there for a summer. I used to go visit my dad all the time. Like I've been through that mill a million times, it feels like. But every time there's a little bit something more, there's a little more excitement. There's a little more like just amazingness. And for somebody like I live in St. Joe County now, I'm in I live in Menden, but Vicksburg is my hometown. It's where I grew up to see this to echo what Alex said. Like, I am so excited to have this happen. The fact that the the minds behind the mill have hearts for community is incredibly important. And I'm so excited to see this happen. So um, definitely check them out and support them. So before you go on the tour though, make sure to pee first. And um, (laughs) they, they do provide water at some point, like midway through, but also bring comfortable shoes because you will be walking because as she said, it is a met like that square footage, you feel it and you don't even go through all of it, you know? So, um, but definitely, definitely check it out. I highly recommend it. Just comfortable shoes. Make sure you pee. So um, (laughs) on that note, uh, Dan, Jackie, Doug, stay safe.